Hello. Today I'm joined by Salim Bahaj, author of the paper Home Values and Firm Behaviors. What is a collateral channel and in what ways can real estate collateral affect the economy? I think when macroeconomists typically think about how real estate prices impact the economy, they normally think about the behavior of consumers. So the idea is that when house prices uh, fall, uh, consumers cut back on consumption to maybe to re- rebuild equity buffers or because banks won't lend them as much. Or when house prices rise, um, they can borrow more against their homes or they can save less because they have a, a bigger pension pot saved in their home. However, it's also very common for businesses to borrow against the value of buildings too. Okay, so around 90% of uh, loans in the UK are secured against property uh, by businesses. Um, And so we think about a mechanism via which property prices rising allows businesses to buy more, to to fund themselves more, to invest more, to hire more workers and to increase activity in that sense. What's also interesting is for small businesses, they don't typically own their their property. They often rent them, they lease them. They haven't got a, a big pool of assets to borrow against. What they do have is the homes of their owners. Okay? And it's very co- common for small firms, and actually some large firms too, to pledge the personal residence or the real estate of their owners or directors in the context of our, our project uh, to fund their business. Okay? So there's a mechanism by which real estate prices actually hit the economy is via making those homes more valuable and allowing directors to pledge the house to fund the business. That's, that's the sort of idea of the project. So how is the real estate of directors and firms used to fund the business? So it can happen in, in, in two ways. So uh, the director can just go to uh, a bank and say, here is my house, give me a mortgage, and they can get the, the, the funding directly. Uh, that's like an equity injection into the business. Or they can go to the bank and say, um, look, lend money to my firm, and I will guarantee the loan. Okay, so the firm actually borrows more, and the director's house is just used as a guarantee. Okay? Uh, and that means actually you can, you can see sort of an increase in firm-level debt, but really what's happening is that the household, as it were, is increasing its, its leverage, which is a slightly different uh, concept, and it sort of makes a, a mockery of limited liability, as it was. Uh, so we typically think of having a separation between the firm's balance sheet and the owner's balance sheet. That isn't happening in, in this context. Um, for the firm's real estate, it's a very similar story, except we just see that the firm goes to the bank and says, here is my factory, here is my office, give me a loan. Uh, and that's, that's sort of how, how things work. How did you test your model and what data did you use? So what we do in the paper is we have a, a big data set of um, UK companies. So every company in the UK must file its accounts at Companies House, okay, which is a registrar of companies. And so we see... Uh, every year for you know, large firms, uh, small, small enterprises, as long as they have limited liability, uh, their balance sheet, their assets, their turnover, etc. Um, and so we can make a value of their own buildings from those balance sheets. But what happens in the UK also, up until 2009 at least, was that the homes or the address of the directors must be included on those accounts. And we matched those addresses to the land registry uh, which has all the information on transactions mm-hmm. in the UK, and we value the accounts, uh, value the house, sorry, so we can figure out how much the house of a director was worth. Mm-hmm. And what we show is that as the house of a director goes up by, say, a pound in value, say, using a local real estate price uh, shock, the firm will invest 3p more, okay? Oh. 
and as the house, uh, as the as the value of the firm's buildings goes up by a pound, the firm will invest five p more. Okay, so we have these sort of two different uh, measures, and it seems like if we look at the actual other side of the firm's balance sheet, so the liability side, that three p is financed by one p more equity. So that's the director taking money out of the house and giving equity to the firm, and two p more debt. So that's the idea that the firm will take out a loan and direct and guarantees uh, that loan. Um, so we can measure those necessities. What's interesting is, though, the aggregate implications of this. So what, what does this mean for the macroeconomy? Um, so it's the case that you know, most businesses, they own a relatively small amount of real estate. So in total, uh, the real estate holdings of all non-financial firms in the UK is around £350 billion. Pounds, okay? The houses of directors are £1.5 trillion. Pounds, okay? So it's like four times bigger. Now, imagine there's a 1% increase in, in real estate prices, okay? so the, the, or to say 10%, I mean, the number's a bit bigger. So a 10% increase in, in real estate prices. The value of uh, directors' homes rises by one, uh, £150 billion pounds as a response, right? That's, that's the increase. And that means you get, you know, we have 1.5 billion increase in, in values, we have a 3P coefficient, so that's £4.5 billion pounds more investment. Total investment in the UK is around £150 billion. Pounds. Okay, so you get a 2.8 percent uh, increase in investment from a 10 percent increase in real estate prices just through this this mechanism. Okay, that I described to you. Now, you can do the same calculation for corporate real estate too. So, if the value of the firm's buildings up goes up by by 10 uh, percent, you know, um, you can get a, a 0.11 percent increase in investment because the value of those buildings is so much smaller. So even even though a one pound increase in, in the firm's buildings due to 5p more investments was a bigger coefficient than on the director's buildings because the total value is smaller, the aggregate effect is smaller. In the project, in the paper, we have a, um, a macro model as well. Okay, so we take a sort of off-the-shelf uh, model where you have entrepreneurs who need to borrow to fund their business and they borrow from households who, who work and provide labour, etc. And those entrepreneurs borrow against houses that they live in, okay? and the household also wants to live in the house. And so what we say is that imagine there's a shock to household demand. So households enjoy living in their house more, so house prices rise. How does that feed through the economy via this channel we have in mind? Okay? And we get the same sort of effects, right? the idea that, that the house price rise, that allows the, the director or the entrepreneur in, this, in the model to borrow more and fund their firm more. But you get amplification through the fact that um, the more the director borrows, the more housing he wants to buy himself, and the more the corpor- corporation expands, mm-hmm. which raises the asset price further. So real estate prices rise even more, mm-hmm. which in turn means that the, the firm can borrow more. And that amplifies the whole cycle. So you get this, this uh, equilibrium amplification effect, or generally equilibrium amplification effect, in a macro model arising from the fact that, um, that uh, firms behave this way. Okay, and so we can show that you know, adding this additional source of, of borrowing for the firm raises investment probably about, about, by a factor of two almost um, as in response to an increase in, in house prices of the macro model via amplification and via the fact they have this additional uh, source of collateral. And we also show that a significant chunk of the full investment that we saw uh, during the crisis in the UK um, was explained by this, this fall in uh, house prices leading to a fall in the available uh, collateral for entrepreneurs to borrow against to fund their business. What do you feel are the policy implications that your research has? 
we typically think of real estate prices influencing the economy via consumption and demand. Okay, and therefore, a shock to real estate price should be inflationary in a way. Like imagine prices go up, people want to spend more, and that should raise inflation. Imagine that instead firms can then produce more, they can invest more, they can supply more goods, they have cheaper trade credit. Then actually you have a mechanism via which uh, a shock to real estate prices actually boosts supply. Okay? And so that means that it's not necessarily just an inflationary shock, you get this positive benefit to output. Um, and it also means that the flip side is also true, that you know, production will contract uh, as real estate prices uh, fall. 